we are seeing new faces that haven't been here in quite a while, and, and there are a lot of faces that are on the road. We have a lot of families traveling, and I think the COVID count going up has gotten our attention a little bit, and so some people are staying away. Uh, the congregation has, uh, has, has been blessed uh, with our non-exposure to COVID until we, we've had a recent brush with it when one of the people that works in the building uh, had a family member, uh, and that family member uh, developed abdominal pain earlier in the week and uh, was taken to the hospital, was diagnosed as having gallbladder problems and transferred to Houston. What did they do before they do surgery on people? Now they do a COVID test and her test came back positive. She works at Bucky's and was asymptomatic. So it was a surprise that the surgery was delayed. The person that works here in the office, I mean in the, uh, in the building, um, was last exposed to her last Tuesday and when she found out this information and so she was tested but the results had not come back. A lot of discussion went on about this and uh, so the entire office staff who in one way or another just passing by in the hall a couple of members who were working in classrooms that that person stuck their head in and said hello to uh, all those people are not here they have decided to stay home out of an abundance of precaution and and i think that's probably a wise thing to do we should find out about her uh, COVID test uh, tomorrow. Uh, I'm saying too much. Anyway, that's, that's why there are some people that you're used to seeing here, not here today. Alan Ritchie is one of those people because he was in the office and so his sermon will be by video today. He re recorded it last evening. Uh, in fact, there are four other videos during this service today and so we, we will need to move along and I've got so much to tell you about today. Uh, we are celebrating another thing today and that's Father's Day. For you fathers that are here, we're happy that you're here. We're proud of you. Uh, you mean so much to us. Um, you are fathers if you don't have children of your own in this congregation, you have children that are other people's children that you are making an impression on and being part of their lives and we want to celebrate you in that father position to these younger men in our congregation. People like me, but Harold, because everybody's younger than us, so we get to be a father figure to even people like Lowell. So <laughs> it's, it's a privilege, but we're proud of you. And at the end of service, we have something for you. Uh, when the disciples came to Jesus and said, teach us to pray, because they would see him pray, and they knew that he had a close relationship with their God. So of all the words that Jesus would pick to start his prayer, he didn't say El Shaddai or the ancient word El or Adonai. He didn't say Jehovah. He didn't say dear God. He said, when you pray, say our Father. The term father is rarely used for God in the Old Testament, but it's one of the most frequently used words for God in the New 
Testament. And it was the term that Jesus chose to give his disciples when they would pray to God. Let us be faithful, faithful Lord. We believe that he's calling his people to embody his story of grace, bringing rescue and hope to the broken. May our lives be an offering of grace. Let us be faithful, faithful, faithful Lord. Let us be faithful, faithful Lord. Though we cannot see, we still believe. Let us be faithful, faithful Lord. Let us be faithful. Let us be faithful. And though we cannot see, we still believe. Let us be faithful. Constant. 
morning. It's so good to see everyone this morning. Especially want to thank everyone for their patience as we uh, uh, gather here and work through this difficult time. I know uh, there's a, a lot of anxiety, a lot of things going on, uh, and it makes it difficult to focus. But uh, we want to focus on our fathers today. We want to really come surround them, show them uh, our love and appreciation for all they do. Uh, I know as a father, uh, you, you, you think your job is done at some point, but really it's not. You're, you're, you're really a father for life, and there's a lot of responsibility with that. And uh, uh, I just want to thank our fathers uh, for, for all they do. Uh, so if you'll bow with me at this time. Our dear Heavenly Father, again, we thank you for being our father and what you do for us. Father, we thank you for sending your son to die on the cross, that uh, you loved us so much you were willing to do that. Father, as we gather here in your name, we ask that you bless this assembly. Bless those that are, that are watching online, Father, and those that are traveling, those that are not able to be here. Father, we ask you to surround them. We want to surround them with our love and, uh, and show them uh, our love for what they do and what they mean to this family. We ask that you be with our fathers, be with our families. Uh, we are just so thankful for what they do and, and the, the responsibilities that they have. And Father, we want to celebrate them. We want to uh, thank them for, uh, for uh, again, what they mean to us and what they do for all of our families. Father, there's so many things that are going on uh, that uh, create anxiety, anxiousness, worries. And Father, we ask that your, your hand of peace be upon this situation, Father, that uh, are, is really happening throughout our country, Father. We, we, we struggle with the answers. We struggle with what we can do to help with that situation. And Father, we, we want to just pray. We know that that's the answer we seek. And we want to give that answers to others if we can. We can spread that, that you're the answer for a lot of the situations that we're in. Father, we ask your hand be on the situation here at our building. Father, we pray that, that we have a good outcome from that. Father, again, uh, we ask that you bless things that uh, our leaders are dealing with. There's, again, a lot of things that uh, they struggle with that we, we don't realize. And, Father, we ask that you give them the strength to make the right decisions, the right things, the right answers. And, and we know that, uh, again, uh, the thing that's going to bring us together is gathering our minds in prayer. Father, as we continue to go through this assembly here, Father, again, we ask you bless us. Bless us in the work that we do, that we can carry your message out to the world, that we can spread the gospel, and we can do our part to carry and create a, a, a bigger kingdom. Father, we ask that you go with us as we continue this assembly here. Again, be, uh, we, we're thankful for our fathers, and again, we want to recognize them and bless them. All these things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Holy, holy are you, Lord. The whole earth is filled with your glory. Let the
kids. It's great to see you again. Missed you last week, but I'm glad to be back this week. Hey, I hope you've said Happy Father's Day to somebody this week, whether it's just your dad or your granddad or maybe some of the folks in, in the church here with us today, you've made sure to say Happy Father's Day. And I hope that you'll make a, a long list of those folks before you're done. I want to introduce somebody to you. Um, my very own dad is here with me, and I'm really glad to be with him this week. Uh, Dad's been my dad for over 55 years, and uh, he's done a really good job of it. Right. And we are, we are right here uh, where a lot of learning took place, where Dad taught, probably even remember being taught, but out here, right out there, there was a lot of learning about working, wasn't there? <laughs> Uh, about working hard, being able to put a shovel in your hand and be able to do do good work. And you know what's funny is that I prize that, and I have it's a big part of what I've tried to pass on to Drew and to Elise. And uh, now we're going to see if we can pass it along to Callie and LJ and Juliet and all those kinds of things. Um, but uh, Dad was great Dad in so many different ways. Uh, but above all else, what I appreciated is that you loved Mom. And that made you the best dad of all because it made a great household for us. And then, we, and then you were by our sides wherever we were going and whatever we were doing, and I appreciated that very, very, very much. Well, it's been a pleasure. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that. You know, Jesus, uh, in his teaching, made sure that he reemphasized what God had emphasized all the way back at Mount Sinai with Moses, that one of the most important things in being people that honor God is that we are people who honor our mother and father. And yes, at a very basic level, honoring your mother and father is about obeying them. And I didn't always do that, but I did it enough. <laughs> but, uh, but when it came to important things, I think I, I did my best to obey. And I know that you're kids who obey. And sometimes it's not always easy, but we also do it. You know, it's a lot more than that. Honoring our father and mother are about respecting where they come from, about understanding who they are. And what's really neat is that I realize that you're not this old yet, but when you get to be my age, and that came from giving him that honor back then and continuing to honor him today. And you know what's really interesting is that I feel like that the honor I give him has now come back to me again and it's really just a, a great great blessing to be in that relationship with with you with you dad thank you you're welcome thank you son so i want to encourage you to uh, be sure that as you think about honoring your dad today it isn't just about oh let's see how am i going to obey him this way and that way but you really do invest in the things that are going to be about honoring him, about understanding who he is and understanding where he comes from because someday your dad is also going to be your friend. And I hope that you'll plant seeds today that'll get you there in the future. So I want you to try something for me. Whether you're here in the audience or whether you're at home, I want you to turn to your dad or somebody grandfather maybe, and I want you to say, Happy Father's Day. So try it real quick, Worthy. One, two, three. Good job. Okay, now I want you to now look around, and I realize they probably won't be your dad, but I know there's some important men that are 
that are helpful to you and bless you. And I want you to turn around. Maybe you need to stand up where you are and look around to them and make eye contact. And I want you to say happy Father's Day to them. Are you ready? On three. One, two, three. Oh, that was great. That was great. What a good job. Okay, so now I want you to not just look at somebody in general, but I want you to think about all the men that are part of your church family and the way they're a blessing to you. Even if you don't know them all that well, they're working very hard to be a blessing in your life. And I just want you to stand up. In fact, let's, let's all stand together. Let's all stand together. And on three, let's say it to each other. One, two, three. Happy Father's Day! My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' love and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand, all other ground is sinking sand. His Scripture reading today is 1 Peter 5, verses 1 through 5. To the elders among you, I appeal as a fellow elder, a witness of Christ's suffering, and one who also will share in the glory to be revealed. Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, serving as overseers, not because you must, but because we are willing, as God wants you to be, not greedy for money, but eager to serve. Not lording over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. Young men, in the same way, be submissive to those who are older. All of you clothe yourselves with humility towards one another. Because God opposes... Well, no running up to the podium today. Uh, as Roger said earlier, we're needing, the staff is needing to be careful right now. And so whether you're in person or whether you're watching on the live stream, uh, this is a recording. But I'm, I'm really glad to have the opportunity to bring this message to you. Back in 1976, when I was uh, all of 12 years old, our family took a, a wonderful journey to Australia. We spent a year there, went to school there, made several trips to go all over the, the country. 
It was always kind of interesting to me. Uh, in 1976, Australia wasn't any kind of a third world country, but when you traveled from city to city, it wasn't big wide highways like I was used to in the United States. And, you know, I, Dad kind of said he knew where he was going, and, and lo and behold, I think there were a couple of times where he kind of stopped, and we stopped, and I saw him get out and kind of figure, but, but he, he got us there, whether it was going to Adelaide or going up to Brisbane. But uh, in, at, towards the end of our trip, we made uh, one of the, the events that kind of has stuck with me as much as anything from Australia. We made a trip to a place uh, in the Northern Territory uh, that was called at that time Ayers Rock. It's now called Uluru, the na native name for it. And it is one of the most unique geologic and, uh, and but is, is quite large, extends out of the desert significantly. It is one of those places that uh, is kind of unique in that uh, because it's in the middle of the desert and because it's this uh, single stone, they have some temperature variations there, you, you have at, at sunset particularly the changing and the deepening of the colors there. Well, getting there is quite an adventure. It's not exactly like uh, just kind of driving down the highway. In fact, it's only 150 miles from a town named Alice Springs, which is where we kind of set up our base camp. But it takes you two days, or in, sorry, in 1976, it took you two days to get there. You traveled about 75 miles south on a road that the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers built during World War II, which is actually in pretty good shape, and at that time was the only road that actually went from the north, northern territory, northern coast of Australia, all the way down to the southern coast of Australia. But then, about 75 miles after you left Affleck Strings, you turned right on a road well, it was just barely qualified as a road. We, we, we discovered that there were two guys with graders that tried to keep it smooth, and they basically pulled a camper behind them and covered that 75 miles from one end to the other trying to smooth out this road. It took basically two days to cover the 75 miles on that road. It was bumpy. It was rough. And you had to have pretty well everything you needed with you because you were going to spend the night in the middle, not in a Motel 6, uh, not in anything, but just on the side of the road. And of course, in 1976, our transportation was a little less than premium. This isn't exactly the vehicle. I'm fairly certain the color wasn't green, but it, it was a vehicle like this that had a little camper, had a little stove, refrigerator, those kinds of things, had a lower bed for mom and dad, had an upper bunk bed for my sister and I. And we had a whole other family with an infant with us, believe it or not, who just set up their tent and, and did their thing that way. So off we went. Two days of driving, and we came upon Ayers Rock, and we looked at the color change that first night, only to wake up the next morning with an event that only occurs about every two or three years. In the middle of one of the driest deserts in the whole world, it started raining. Again, in the middle of the desert, we were there for five days, and over two to three days, we got two to three years worth of rain, according to their statistics. 
the rock looked a lot like this image does. It was amazing to be there. And again, we got to see things that most people never get to see, at least not in person, because of the water hitting that rock and causing these waterfalls and coming pouring off again. There's nowhere for it to go except to run off the rock. But it made camping a little bit more miserable than we might have wanted to. But what we didn't anticipate is if we thought the road on the way and you don't get to see what's under the water. Was uh, headed back in and we got to one of those puddles and the front wheels dropped off in a hole and it flooded the carburetor. This is long before fuel injection flooded the carburetor and we were there for about two hours. The amazing thing was is that I never saw my dad panic. I can imagine as a dad now how, how worried I would be. Uh, are we going to get out of this? But some people stopped who had a mechanic with them. And I mean, the dad, the person, one of the people in that group was a mechanic and he showed us how to get the carburetor dried out. But then what started as a slow trip now became every single time we came up to one of those puddles, dad, and in one of those unique moments in my life, dad invited me to come and help him because what we would do is walk into the puddle and be sure there were no holes kind of put a stick out there and check and see what was going, and then here would come the van. We did that for 75 miles over two days. It's an amazing process to be led in that way, not knowing that where you're going, not where, knowing where the pitfalls are, not knowing exactly what you're going to do around the next corner, and yet you go one step at a time with somebody leading you who's going to protect and care for and make sure that things are good. It was an amazing story in my life, but uh, the story of the children of Israel coming out of Egypt in the Exodus is even more amazing. They had been in slavery for 400 years. They had uh, really not, so many generations had come and gone where they didn't travel at all that they didn't know, have any idea where they were going when they headed out into the desert. But God was not going to leave them alone. Chapter 13 even says that he didn't want them to go the traditional way, maybe the way that Moses had come, the short way. He wanted to do some special things with their directions, and so he was going to give them clear instructions about exactly how to go the way he wanted them to. And so verse 20 starts with, After leaving Succoth, they camped at Etham on the edge of the desert. And here it is. By day the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud, making sure there weren't any pitfalls, making sure that they went the right direction. And then at night in a pillar of fire. Now you've seen these things to give them light. You've seen pictures of them. You've heard this story. But isn't this really interesting? No army until just in the last few decades could do this, but they could travel by day or by night because God knew where he was going and he was going to light the way. He was going to make it clear. Pretty amazing idea of them being able to travel either by day or by night because they trusted in his leader. Well, the image of God as a shepherd, the image of God as a leader and guide, the image of God as, as that person who leaded, led them 
was a powerful way in which God was like a father. And this image of the shepherd and the guide leading the people is, is one that permeates the Old Testament from, again, these stories in the early beginning part and well into the prophets. It's not a big surprise that Jesus would pick up that idea, except what he recognizes so often is that the, leader, the Jewish leaders are poor shepherds in doing what they're doing. If we're going to be a people of God's living hope, we're going to be a people engaged in the renewing that he wants to bring that uh, that that we wants to bring that will for all of us we will have to be led well we need to go the direction that god wants us to go and not only do we need to go the direction god wants us to go we need to go in a way that reflects the ways that he wants us to do that there are very few places in Scripture where a renewing is going to take place like 40 years later, again, the Exodus and 40 years later, again, you're going to live in a way you haven't really lived before and you're in a new relationship with me and I want to, to renew the whole world. I want the whole world to know who I am and how they can be blessed, how they can be blessed by their Creator because of what you do in the promised land. I'm going to give you the land so that you can be that witness. I'm going to lead you in there so that you can be that witness. I want you to help me. Let the whole world know that God is ready to make something new and wonderful. So let's listen to that very, very familiar passage. That very familiar passage from Deuteronomy chapter 6. And maybe hear it just slightly differently. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is the Lord is the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. And now listen, here's how you're gonna make that renewal happen. These commands I give you today are to be upon your hearts. They have to be part of you, not just something you pick up and read. They have to be part of you. And then the next thing, and you're going to impress them. What's on, what God puts on your heart, you're going to impress those things on your children. And this is not just going to be a school activity because you're going to talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road. When you're at home, wherever you're going, whatever you're doing, and when you lie down at night and when you rise up in the morning. It's pretty powerful words. And they're powerful words because we talk about the love we have for God. But then they're powerful words because then God says, and here's how you can get on board with me and you can help yourselves and the next generation be part of the way that I am going to change the world, the way that I want to renew the world. That critical moment God steps in. And this incredible implication that God says it's not just going to be Moses, it's not just going to be the leaders, it's not going to be the judges, it is going to be you parents. And let me be specific, it probably really leans into being the fathers. The fathers to lead their children, the fathers to love God, the fathers to let those commandments come into their hearts and the fathers to teach those children. Yes, it includes the mothers, but very much we see the picture of fathers being called to step into the role of leadership for a family. And so these calls to impress them on your children, 
to bind it on your heart to love the Lord. Go especially to the leaders. Focus on the Family this week produced an article called The Superpowers of Dad. You can find it at www.family.org. And they talk all about the way dads are very, very special. And not only can you do searches that focus on the family, but you can point towards many secular, much secular research that points towards the importance of fathers being engaged with the families and how that changes the dynamic of what kids are doing. I encourage you to take a look at that article. You'll enjoy it. It'll be a blessing for you. So if we're going to be, if this living hope of God needs parents, and I'm going to say today, especially dads, to invest in His renewing in unique ways, then how are we going to accomplish that? Now let's be sure and say, I'm talking to dads in a, in a specific kind of way, but this is true for all of us. Because we all have a place where we lead. We all have a place where we're a shepherd and a guide. We all have a place where we get to help invest in, re in the renewal that God is doing in the Word. So first of all, if we're going to be investing in renewing, then we're going to have to be people who know God. We are people who are knowing God well enough to see the world the way that He sees the world. Jeremiah chapter 3 talks about shepherds who, who have gods that, that have hearts for God. They teach God's values. They see justice the way God sees justice. As long as we continue to see the world the way the world, to see things around us the way the world does instead of the way God does, and as long as we continue to evaluate the things around us simply based on how we can get ahead or what's best for us, then we are missing seeing what God has for us. And to know God in that way is going to take studying the Bible. It's going to take prayer. And even maybe more than just study and prayer, it's going to take practicing. You've got to get out there and see how it works in reality. It's not about the success or failure of it, but it is the idea that when I say, I'm going to try something the way you want me to do it, I'm going to practice this, God, that God teaches us more than when we just kind of sit and read, oh, yes, this is true, or we just pray, God, please help me. We get out there and practice, and we start seeing it a little more the way God does. We start aligning our values a little more with God's. We start aligning what justice is in the world much more the way God sees it. Second, we need to be finding the keys to our own tender, loving care. And yes, you're right. This is one particularly pointed towards our dads. Finding your own tender, loving care. We're, we've been raised, so many of us, with that kind of sense of, I need to be the tough guy, I need to be the strong one, and maybe don't, don't include that idea of having that tenderness, that gentleness. Strength is nothing without the gentleness, and gentleness is empty without strength. But, but we have to bring that into the relationships, particularly in our families, with our wives and our children, but they should actually spill out into all of our relationships. Isaiah chapter 40 talks about God is going to bring to them a shepherd and that He is that shepherd. But I think we can even point toward Jesus being that shepherd who is going to be one who takes them up in His arms and carries them tenderly and brings them His care in a very, very tender kind of way. 
You see, this has got to be more than just working on not losing our temper. And make no mistakes, dads, if you're like me and struggle with your temper at all, we have to help our children. But most importantly, we need to help our sons figure out how to deal with those kinds of feelings and to not let them damage relationships, even though we have that intense sense of, of what am I going to do in this moment? Sometimes anger, sometimes because you see something's wrong, but still we've got to figure out a way to invest in discovering God's tender, loving care for us. And dads, we need to teach our sons as they grow how to be those tender, loving, care kind of men. Not that that diminishes our strength, but because it, it is about harnessing the strength that we want them to have. Finally, if we're going to be dads who are investing in renewing, we're going to have to be dads, and in reality, we're going to have to be people who know our children, know the children growing up in our churches, knowing the children growing up in our families well enough to reach them and to develop them. Ezekiel chapter 34, it goes on and on about the way the, the leaders had failed God's people. And one of the ways that they failed them is that all they cared about was themselves. They didn't invest any time in caring about the people. They, they wound up getting uh, straying away because nobody was caring for them. We've got to know who our children are. We've got to see their talents and our gifts. We've got to invest time in them. And then we need to figure out how to develop them, not into some sort of cookie cutter that kind of fits into our picture of what we want them to be, but fits into God's picture of what He wants them to be. And maybe in that process we get to know ourselves a little better and we start fitting into God's plan in a new and different way because it's the way that God designed us, not just the way we are trying to imitate someone else or meet some expectation that we think is there. Finally, love these words. We read them earlier. Randy read them earlier from 1 Peter. Be shepherds, and, and I'm just going to put this in, be shepherds of your flock. Be shepherds of your flock. Eager to serve, not lording it over those entrusted in you, but being an example to the flock. And then the promise, and when the great shepherd appears... Because of what you've invested in being a leader and being a guide and being a shepherd. And when the great shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. That sounds like a promise that I want to pursue and I want to ask you to join me in pursuing that goal. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now 
message was was very good uh, really really encouraging uh, we want to thank each one of you for being here if you haven't uh, seen the caring and sharing at the uh, front of the auditorium when you walked in please pick one up on your way out there are a couple of additions uh, that we want to make to the prayer request uh, that are in there one uh, is about Austin Stevens uh, his uh, parents, uh, Alan and Karen, have given us a note that Austin has uh, been deployed and uh, is uh, leaving the country with his unit. And you can get more details uh, from them uh, about where that deployment is. I think they're not advertising that until they get in the theater where they're, where they're going. Um, also, Cindy's uh, Yates uh, uncle, uh, Sonny uh, Girdley in Michigan fell and hit his head. Uh, he's uh, 84 years old, and he suffered uh, bleeding uh, near, around, or in his brain, not really sure. And so they're watching him closely, and I know Cindy is very, uh, very concerned about him. He was the one that they took on a vacation with him to the Grand Canyon, I think, a few years ago. So that's a real tender thing for them. Also, Joaquin Para and uh, DR, uh, we knew his mother was sick, she came to live with them, and now she has passed away this uh, last week, and it was a very tender time for them, uh, and, but it's uh, been a blessing and uh, for her and for the family, uh, and her passing was very peaceful, uh, and uh, Joaquin was very encouraging in his notes about that and how they're handling that. The missionary we're emphasizing this uh, this month is Shelley Bryant in Singapore and thereabouts. Uh, and so we want to be praying for her and thinking about her. Uh, thank you for putting that slide up. Uh, and that's, uh, that's a lady who's dear to this congregation. And so we want to think about her in our, in our hearts and in our uh, prayers. There are other uh, people who are mentioned in the caring and sharing. Uh, Norman Hartman uh, is, uh, was mentioned in Allen's update this week uh, and is improving and doing well. Ralph Nachman did well with his heart, with his heart ablation procedure. Uh, Ann Nesbitt with her shoulder surgery and, ja and Jack and Bernice Skinner are also improving. Uh, Bernice had the transplant surgeries for two organs and so it's really amazing what they've been through the last four months. Uh, but she is getting better. Barbara Greenway uh, is also showing some improvement at Country Village. Uh, Jacob Nesbitt is making progress in his living situation in Houston, and, uh, and the, I think the family is just really uh, proud 
of what Jacob's uh, being accomplished. Willie Brown's brother was involved in a motor vehicle accident, and that's the one, uh, Lynn, uh, that's listed in the caring and sharing, uh, and he was also observed, but is at home now. Sylvia Haro's niece is mentioned having COVID-19, and uh, she lives uh, in Colorado Springs. Frank's uh, brother uh, has a very serious illness of pancreas cancer with uh, metastasis, uh, so he, he has a, um, a difficult situation. We want to remember him. Ashley Nesbitt uh, is, has a nephew, uh, and Ashley is the daughter-in-law of uh, Craig and Ann, and uh, she has a nephew that, that was born premature at 24 weeks, and so uh, they're very concerned about uh, Rhett Pierce is his name. Uh, in, of a premature child, so we want to remember him in our prayers. Anyone else have any other announcements? I want to encourage you and thank you for being here. You are helping provide the worship service that's going out to a lot more people who aren't here. And so I think it's really, really good that you're here. Thank you for our singers. You put in so much time, you do so much, you come early on Sunday morning. For our audio-visual guys, all of you, you really do a wonderful job. We appreciate you. I, I don't even begin to understand the issues and problems y'all deal with in your own lives to be able to do what you're doing. But thank you. We're going to go to our Heavenly Father in prayer. Yes. Yes, there is a Father's Day gift. Uh, I'll mention it now. I was going to mention it in a minute. But... Uh, Laura will be back in the fellowship hall. So fathers, we have a special gift for you. You're just gonna love it. It's uh, M&Ms with, I think, with, with and without nuts or something like that, with a little small tie, emblem of a tie. It's a, a gift we want, we want you to pick. If your father, if your husband, if your important man in your life is not here, we want you to pick one up and take it to them, please. But if you'll go through there and follow the little arrows, uh, walk by the tables and pick them up, and then you can exit by. You don't have to touch anything else in there, so everything will be fine. Thank you. Let's go to our Father in prayer. Our Father, we are so thankful to you that we can call you our Father, that Jesus called you his Father, and you have brought us into your sphere. You have placed us in your sphere, but we know that it's so important. And we're thankful. Father, thank you for all you do for us. You do so much more for us in our lives than even our earthly fathers can do for us. Father, thank you. Thank you for giving your son for us, your one and only son who died and shed his blood through the power of your Holy Spirit so that our consciences could be cleaned and we would be able to serve you, the living God. Thank you, Father, for forgiving those sins through the blood of Christ that should have led to death for us, and yet you have forgiven us so we can serve you. Father, thank you for the fathers you have given us on this earth, for my own father who has been gone for 10 years, a blessed man in my life, highly respected and loved by me and so many others. And Father, we can say that for every father that has gone from us and these families that are here today and those that are listening online. 
Thank you, Father, for those men. Thank you for the strengths that they had. Thank you for helping them grow through the weaknesses they had as you sanctified them and as you changed them in their lives as you're doing with us. Help us to remember those kind and endearing, wonderful strengths that they had. Help us not to concentrate on the times that were more difficult because Father, we've all had those times in our lives. We've all said and done things as fathers with our children that we regretted. But we've had so many times, Father, that were blessed and joyous and that we can look back on and thank you for such wonderful times. Thank you for the grandchildren that have come through our children. Father, you've done so much, the blessings can't be listed. Father, for those that we have mentioned today in our service, we ask your blessings on them for healing, for encouragement, and for praise in the healings that have already come their way. Father, we don't know how to thank you enough. We don't know how to thank Jesus enough for what he's done for us. When we can't find the words, Father, please listen to our hearts. And know that we praise you as the only true and living God and Jesus Christ is our Savior. And we're thankful. Thank you for the message we've had today to encourage the fathers among us to lead their flock, to guide them, to lay down their life for them if needed. Oh, Father, thank you for all you've done for us. We pray this prayer in the name of Jesus. Amen. And now there's one more uh, short announcement that we have. It has been my privilege to serve as an elder of this congregation for some almost 30 years, I think. Cindy wasn't in the office and I couldn't ask her. But the time has come for me to step aside. You have six wonderful men who are serving you so well as elders and I want to support them in every way that I can and I plan on doing that and you're very privileged to have them God has blessed us with these men but thank you for letting me serve these so many years I have served with men for the last 30 years that many are gone not just from here but gone including my father they were wonderful men. I sat through so many meetings, heard them pray, heard them talk about their love of this congregation. I saw what they did in their lives, in the time they gave, the things they wrestled with. And I see these men doing the same thing. They're doing a great job. I wanted to stay for a while since the last elders that we uh, came in just a couple of years ago just for the transition time but Ed, I'm not needed support them and love them thank you again though for letting me serve and I thank God every day of my life and I look at that verse in Hebrews 9 14 and know that he many times in my life has cleansed my conscience through the blood of Christ who offered himself through the Holy Spirit so that I would be able to serve the living God.
I would never have been able to do it. It was all by grace and God's goodness. And it'll be, continue to be that way for the men that you have now. Thank Alan and Peter for doing a great job and want to support them too. Again, thank you. Let's be standing for this closing song, please. <laughs> Rise up, O men of God, have done with lesser things. Give heart and mind and soul and strength to serve the King of kings. Rise up, O